You're listening to Her Brilliant Health Radio, episode number six. She used to deliver babies, but now she delivers exceptional wellness for women. Welcome to Her Brilliant Health Radio, where holistic women's health expert and board-certified OBGYN Dr. Kieran Dunstan shares revolutionary insight from leading experts on what you need to know today to treat the root cause of disease, heal, and create the radiant health you've been searching for. Hey, it's Dr. Kieran, and welcome to another episode of Her Brilliant Health. Today, please help me welcome my special guest, Dr. Marisol Tierro. She's a naturopathic doctor, and she's a world leader, renowned for her passion for cleansing and gut health, not only because she has the degree on the wall, but more so because she's experienced feeling shitty and figured out the hierarchy on how to get healthy. Crowned the Queen of Thrones for over 15 years, she has trained and educated healthcare practitioners and has helped thousands of patients transition from shit show to owning their throne. Dr. Marisol directs and practices at Sanus Health Practice in Canada. She spearheaded Pura Sanus Health Supplements and invented the Queen of Thrones Organic Castor Oil Pack. The launch of her first book, Oh Shit, her educational conferences and programs heralds her championing you to become your legend. Join her movement and help her to achieve her goal of being in 1 billion bathrooms by 2020. We can do it. Welcome, Dr. Marisol. So glad to have you on the show. So happy to have you here. And who do you have with you? So I have my little princess Lola. She's a Yorkshire Terrier and she's my little love and pride and joy, my little baby who hangs out with me in clinic all the time. <laughs> I love it. And I have, this is Carly. She's my, one of my Fox Terriers. Carly oh. has a little mess in her eye there. I said I need to take out, but anyway, um, so we both have dogs. You know, it's so funny before we were getting on the, the show, I was thinking, you know, I would love to do, because I love dogs, oh. I would love to do a show like Doctors with Dogs at the Beach. <laughs> <laughs> that would be perfect. I mean, the thing is, is like, like, I don't know about you, but my whole, a lot of my platform about poop happened because I was watching Lola and her natural pooping habits, right? Because dogs teach us so much, right? Don't you find? You learn from them all the time. Because you watch, you know, it's so funny, you do watch them poop all the time and you can really monitor where your dog is with their health by their poop is it dry is it moist what color is it and yesterday i came home and my daughter said you know otis my other fox terrier had um, bloody diarrhea so then immediately oh. what's going on so tell me about your journey and how, how that started yeah so for me it was that i lived my entire life dealing with ibs unlike Oh, unlike everybody else, right? Because IBS is one of those syndromes that pretty much everybody has a problem with their gut. And uh, for me, it started when I was younger and it was more constipation. My mother dealt with it as well too. So mm -hmm. it wasn't, it was normal, right? It was like, oh, we're not going to the bathroom. That's fine. It's not a big deal. It can't be our food. We just weren't, my mother wasn't that educated about it, right? Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't until later on in my life, I became, I started getting a lot more anxious and having a lot more stress, just a lot more demands. 
of course, as all of us, you know, career, um, working towards becoming a naturopathic doctor. And then I started going towards the other end where it was, you know, constant diarrhea. Whenever I get stressed, I'd have diarrhea. And the problem with that was that it impacted my life so greatly. I mean, I had a spare pair of underwear in my car all the time and a pair of pants because everywhere I would go, there was the possibility that I would have like a gripping moment of fear where, you know, I didn't know what was coming out of my body if it was going to come out right away. So I had to, to learn how to live with my poop and understand how, what my poop was telling me. And I realized, you know, it was telling me that things were off balance, right? That I was stressed out to the max and I needed to do things to get my health back in, on track. So from there, I started, you know, observing Lola's poops and stools. And I saw, wow, you know, she eats and then she goes to the bathroom. You know, that should be, that's a normal. Her stools are solid. They're not liquid. You know, they're, they're well-formed. You know, so she really was a huge, a majorly impactful in my journey because I, I realized that, you know, like the saying, all the dogs do is eat, sleep, poop. <laughs> I mean, we're human beings like that too. And we should be doing, you know, I have a little couple more eat, sleep, pray, you know, eat well, drink well, poop, <laughs> you know, because it's, it's much a little bit more, more for us to do, but they're, they can serve as a great example. And from there, I started realizing that one of my gifts in practice was always educating patients about their pooping habits and what was going on with their poop and their stools. And, you know, my focus shifted completely to working on the gut. And that's how I became the queen of thrones, a name given to me by my patients because all I like to do is talk about poop. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I love that. And I, and I love that you really put that at the forefront, because I think most a lot of people are raised that they're ashamed to talk about poop. They think there's something wrong with talking about it. There's something wrong with doing it. And hence that psychological block around proper pooping. Yeah. Um, you know, the suppression of the poop reflex, you know, that colonic reflex that everybody has that you eat and you're supposed to poop. When I tell patients that they're like, what? Like, I haven't had that since I was a kid in diapers. And, um, you know, I love that you've really put that at the forefront because uh, most of us who do this type of work that even though I'm an MD, I practice naturopathic medicine essentially um, because it really is the way to get the body healthy and then I have that access to drugs if needed but we try the natural first um, I love that you put that at the forefront a lot of us come to it kind of in a roundabout way uh, you know it's so funny when I was growing up my girl best girlfriend and I in high school Susan we used to have what her brother referred to as these scatological conversations oh boy. We were like scatological, but we were always talking about our poop and our periods and what was going on with our bodily functions. Um, so I love that. And, and dogs are so right there out, out there with it. Yeah, yeah. So you really brought it to the forefront. And I love that you have a gift that you're going to actually help people. They will tell you about it at the end yeah. that they can download and know kind of what's going on with their health based on their poop, just like, you know, about your dog. Everything. Yes. So talk to me about, we talked a little bit about how you, you got to be the queen of thrones, which I love by the way. <laughs> Thanks. <You know? laughs> um, and what, how do you approach somebody when you first see them and you want to educate them about their poop? What do you tell them and what do you get them to look at and awesome. do? 
Yeah. So I often, you know, I start really simply and I just start investigating usually with this, this whether I'm giving a seminar or conference or speaking to a patient, I often ask them these couple of questions. I go, you know, are you a hyper wiper? Right. That's number one question I ask. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's first of all, it's hilarious and everyone starts laughing. So I love that (laughs) because I figure, you know, if I can get them laughing deeper and deeper into the dung you know, the delivery of the dung. We are, we're, we'll be in good, good shape. Um, so I asked them, are you a hyper wiper? And because this is a really classic sign. It would, if you take your dog again, you know, when Lola goes out for a, a number two, she just goes to the bathroom. I don't wipe her bum afterwards. So it's the same thing with humans. Really, we should, we should wipe and we should wipe clean. But the thing is, as many of us are wiping multiple times, you know, using half of the roll of toilet paper. And that's because our stools are very sticky. And that's a sign of mucus likely food sensitivities, or maybe a bad micro, microbiome, right? So right away, you can start to deduce some things with your stools. Another big favorite that I tell patients is that they have to be going to the bathroom all the way from the wrist to the elbow. So that's a normal daily bowel movement. And if you were to coordinate that onto your body, that actually is the size of your lower descending colon. So I always tell patients that those are the two first things I start with. Because I figure is that as long as you get that in your mind that, you know, you shouldn't be hyper wiping and you should in a daytime pass that amount of stools, you're really set off to a good start. And the, the key to this is that, is that I don't look at the stools or digestion as just, you know, a process in the body. To me, it's actually much more divine than that. And how I feel is that our guts are our center So when we're talking, I'm telling patients about, about, you know, going to the bathroom properly. Of course, I talk about hyper wiping and, you know, the length that they have to be achieving in a day. But then I go off and I tell them a little bit about why digestion is so important. You know, it's not only about absorbing our food, our nutrients and elimination, but our digestion is how we are digesting our lives. So if we're not having a good time emotionally, our digestion is going to be completely off, right? So it's so much more than just breaking down of food. It is extended to like far levels of us being connected to ourselves, being connected to our grace. You know, our our gut is right midway in between of all of our chakras and all of our energy centers, right? And if we, if, if it is closed off, shut down, if we're unable to actually like give our, our good colonic reflex a go after we eat, you know, we need to address that. Like why, why are we so disconnected to ourselves, right? And that's, 
one of the big reasons too why upset mm-hmm. some of my books and what the things that I have out there gut feelings you know getting people in touch with their feelings butterflies in the belly you know guts of steel like look at all the sayings that we have in our world about digestion and about you know the feelings that we feel or or suppressing our feelings right I've got guts of steel that's a person who's got guts that have been disconnected right I I feel that pooping properly is our number one superpower all of us and it's a superpower (laughs) yeah seriously and it's a superpower that we all have right it's oh it's like uh, you 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 doctor have different different superpowers than I have but we both all of us share the pooping superpower and when our pooping superpower is connected we are rock stars right that's how I look at it it is our our number one shared superpower across humanity right (laughs) I love that I love that you you are honest and tell it like it is and you know if somebody asks you what's your superpower pooping (laughs) I would say that my superpower is being able to break down complicated medical issues love it down to earth understandable language and that's why i one of the reasons why i love you is because you do that for poop and you bring it right to the front and it is so so important and i just want to back up to something that you said and i love having these just organic conversations that flow without an agenda except to impart for people what we know to be true about creating brilliant health on an everyday basis. You know, this is something that I'm thinking about what's going on with my poop, what's going on with my patient's poop. Where are we with that? And so most people don't live that way. So everybody listening, listen up because you need to be worrying about your superpower, your pooping power. What occurred to me, I went to a workshop last week that was about a lot of different things. But one of the things that it was about was about boundaries, appropriate physical, sexual, emotional, and spiritual boundaries between you and other people and what's appropriate external and internal boundaries. And I had this aha realization that I got to share with someone and you're like the perfect Perfect. person. I had this issue, this realization because I have too struggled with irritable bowel my whole life. Um, and then leaky gut, which yeah. is a not good conversation we can ta- have. Uh, and I had this realization that leaky gut is literally, you know, what is it? It's a leak between the boundaries between you and your external environment. Now, most people are going to think, well, your gut's inside you. It's not external. Yeah. But actually, that's something that I help patients to realize is that your gut is actually your biggest interface with the external environment, not your skin that's on your outside. Everybody thinks that's it. But you put, you put your environment into your digestive system. And if you break out the surface area of your gastrointestinal tract, it's way more than your skin. It, it pales in comparison. I think your gut is like two doubles tennis courts if you lay it out. Oh, yeah. And so it's a boundary violation. Leaky gut is a boundary violation. And I had this realization that if I have poor boundaries with people, whether physical, emotional, sexual, spiritual in my life, 
I'm going to have leaky gut. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and it, it goes, I mean, Dr. Karen, there's like the research that supports us too, right? Because when you have those boundary violations, right, what happens? Your body is stressed. You're in the sympathetic dominance, your, you know, cortisol, your stress hormones, you know, the one that makes us all have that belly fat is floating through your system. And there's really good evidence that shows it's all laboratory work done on animals, but it demonstrates that when there is those high levels of cortisol and that stress within the system, there is a leaky gut membrane. Right. And you know, you, uh, you speak the truth woman, like you, I, I'm like, oh man, <laughs> like this is the reality is that, you know, our, our gut and our skin all, and the nervous system all come from the same embryonic tissue, all mm-hmm. from the same embryonic tissue. So, which means that they are identical. So it's our, our gut is our inside, our outside on our inside, right? So we are bringing everything in. We're basic tube on the inside, tube on the outside, right? And the interface of the cells all within the middle of us. So these tubes feel, our skin feels, our skin senses, and our gut feels, and our gut senses, just like our mind and our eyes, all these neurological tissues, the skin, the gut, they're all the same, right? And then the gut just has this extra dimension where it's got the its own nervous system, the enteric nervous system, which takes it that much further, right? Where it can actually sense things like pressure and, you know, so you're, you're not only taking like a sympathetic stress state of, you know, boundary violation, but then on top of it, you've got pressure in the system from food being eaten in the stress state. And then that sets you up for leaky gut for sure. And, and irritable bowel and, and, and all the gamut of gut problems, right? Which, you know, they say it's about 30% of the, of the U.S. population that suffers from an irritable bowel. But honestly, that's only the people who've gone to their doctors. How many years was I living? And I'm, I'm sure yourself as well, too. You know, this occurs a lot in, in high, high professional uh, uh, performance geared professions, right? Like us doctors, you know, we want to be our best. We're always working really hard. Um, but we were the last people who are going to go to a doctor. You know, we think we got it under control or we just like shove it under <laughs> the carpet, right? Until it becomes a big problem. So how many people, you know, I, I would say in my practice, 95% of people come in and half of them don't even talk about their gut problems. They think it's just like you know, side, side, sideline issue, right? You? Yes. Same thing. And I just want to back up and, and help people understand because I, I find that there are a lot of things we take for granted because we understand them so clearly, but some people are listening and thinking, what are they talking about? <laughs> Violation is causing my leaky gut. Like what? <laughs> so I just want to back up and say that um, explain that to people a little bit. So when you don't have good boundaries between yourself and other people and people are encroaching on your boundaries or you're encroaching on others, that's not a natural state. And your emotions will react to that as feeling defensive or resentful or whatever feelings, negative feelings you have around that. And Scientists have proven that thoughts are things and emotions are things and they affect your health through your stress hormone system, which is cortisol, which is made by your adrenal glands that sit on the back in your back inside on top of your kidneys. So your stress hormone cortisol, your fight flight, but it's also your fight flight freeze and fawn hormone will be activated when you don't exhibit good boundaries with other people. When your cortisol goes up, then that affects your immune system function and it affects your gastrointestinal function. And one of the things that it does is it alters 
alters the permeability of the lining to the gut. It alters the normal microbiome of your gastrointestinal tract, which we'll probably get into in a little bit, but that means your good bacteria that keep you healthy start dying and bad bacteria start growing. And then you become sensitive to foods you normally wouldn't be sensitive to, like almonds and broccoli. And you've got these really tiny microscopic leaks across your gastrointestinal lining that contribute to autoimmune disease and immune system dysfunction that allows cancer to form and it really is the the yeah. they call it king cortisol it's the oh, yeah. king of your health so this is how how you relate in the world and what you think and feel on a daily basis absolutely impacts your health so when you go to the doctor and you're just getting a pill you know what do they give you for irritable bowel what bental to slow your gut down that's not fixing anything. It's just masking the symptoms. So you have got to, and this is a huge part of what I work with people on is that mental, emotional, spiritual balance. You have got to address that. And, and the gut and the adrenals and the cortisol are really where all these things are just you know, married. And am I preaching the truth, Dr. Marisol? Oh, right? 100% Dr. Karen. I mean, you know, in my, my first book, Oh Shit, which is set to launch uh, end of 2018, beginning of 2019, you know, my three-step formula is number one, connect, which is like, get your circadian rhythms, your day-night pattern working well. Then it's clear out all the toxins and then it's calm right? You have to work on the mind body because if you don't, you will forever be dealing with IBS. You'll forever be dealing with pooping problems, you know, because those three things connect, clear, calm, that gives us clarity, right? And, you know, I always, I love to say this, you know, God, cleanliness is next to godliness and it's true. You know, when your gut is eliminating and cleaning well, you are yeah. connected and happy and whole and, you know, like you, you know where you're supposed to be in life, but when you're bloated and gassy and, or or going to the bathroom too much or can't go, you know, like you feel loaded, you feel foggy, you just feel off. Right. So that's the thing is that these are the things that help us to reconnect and to reset our bodies. And, and, you know, there's evidence too, that, you know, the microbiome resets itself with mind work, with yoga, with, you know, it's amazing. We're not just only food-based supplement based. There's so much we can do to fix our bodies and our health and live that amazing life, that brilliant life. I love how you say that. Life really is brilliant and we just got to find the tricks to make it brilliant, right? Right. I mean, it should be. And if you're not living, you know, brilliant health life, then something's wrong. And, uh, the answer is not going to be in a pill. If you're not getting prescribed meditation and that, what did you say? Connect, connect, uh, clear, calm, Oh. And then that brings us clarity. Clarity. And I say clarity is next to godliness, you know. It's yeah. <laughs> just, um, that's that's the, the, the aspiration. And when you are in that clarity, you're aligned with your highest self. Your body naturally will heal. Yeah. But if you're not in that clear space, you have resistance and negative emotion in your body. That's blocking all your cells. So I'd love to, we touched on the microbiome. I would love to get into that more specifically. So can you talk about what is that biofilm? Because people hear about this and then they don't know. What is it and what do I need to do about it? Absolutely. So, so many of us, we, you know, we hear now, oh, take yogurt. That'll help you to improve your microbiome and the biofilm that's in your gut. 
So the problem is this, is that we have good gut, good gut bugs and bad gut bugs. And the problem is, is that most of the time, if we're not eating, you know, really clean or, and we're uh, trying to avoid, you know, genetically modified organisms and different foods like that, what ends up happening is that our gut microbiome easily within a 24 hour period can get switched over to a bad and unhealthy microbiome. So the bugs in your gut aren't good. And these bugs can be yeast, they can be parasites, they can be bacteria, you know, some of us understand the, the names like E. coli or Clostridium, you know, C. difficile, you know, the infections that really put people out, on, out in the hospital. Um, but what ends up happening is that as these negative bad bugs accumulate in our guts, as well as the yeast and the parasites, they end up creating almost like a barrier, protective barrier for themselves called the biofilm. You find the biofilm the hardest to work with and to remove um, in the most virulent of bacteria, like Lyme's disease, an example, right? Many people who are already suffering with Lyme's disease, you know, they're very familiar with the term biofilm. In a less, uh, you know, uh, er uh, horrible condition, I guess you could say, um, you don't find the biofilm conversation so it's such a big deal, but it still exists and that's a problem. People are constantly taking, you know, probiotics, good bacteria as much as possible, but they're doing nothing to disrupt that biofilm. And truly, the only substances that actually break down the biofilm are antibiotics, which we don't, we try not to give that too often, because the problem is, is if you do prescribe antibiotics, then what ends up happening is that you can get overgrowth of more yeast, more bad bacteria if you're not careful about how you're resetting the gut, right? And I'm sure you probably experienced this in practice. So the big key is what are the natural biofilm breakdowns? So one of my favorite tools in practice is castor oil. And castor oil recently has been shown actually in periodontal disease to help break down the biofilm. And as you know, our mouth is, is the, the, the biggest source of bacteria that we have, right? It's one of the reasons why they say, don't, don't kiss your dog. <laughs> I don't listen to that one. <laughs> um, because we have such different uh, st uh, spectrums of bacteria and it's basically a cesspool because we bring everything into our mouth and we don't have anything like stomach acid to like kill off that bacteria. So everything thrives. So what they did is they actually uh, used in, a, in a test trays, castor oil in comparison to polydent, uh, other chlorhexidine, really strong antimicrobials. And they found in vitro that the chemical ones worked better, but in vivo that castor oil worked better. It's great. So what we do with patients, we take castor oil, always in a glass bottle, and we, we do like a oil pulling. Are you familiar with oil pulling? Mm -hmm. So to start breaking down and changing the microbiome in the mouth, because it's not only about the mucous membrane that's in our guts, but it all, it begins in the mouth and then it goes down the digestive tract mm -hmm. into, the, into the bottom, right? So we have to deal with everything. So we start our patients on uh, make, doing oil pulling with castor oil, which most people are familiar using sesame seed oil and coconut oil, but you usually have to do two tablespoons and you have to do it for 20 minutes. With castor oil, you do one teaspoon and you do it for two minutes. It's that, it's that much stronger. And it's incredible too. People are having dental work. It helps to soothe the mouth. So we have that as a practice. And then on the gut, topically, we actually have people do the, the old castor oil pack. I don't know if you're familiar with it or if you've done them. I, I love them. I prescribe them. And I love that you're giving practical information. So can you want to talk about how people can make a pack, castor oil pack and use it? Sure, sure. So we, I've actually made it really easy where I've actually created a castor oil pack for people, people to actually make, be able to do it really simply without having to make like a fuss about it. Because I always found in my practice, the biggest issue was that if patients had a barrier or they couldn't find a flannel 
or blah, blah, blah. There's so many steps in the casserole pot that they would never do it, right? Because the old way of doing it was to take like, you know, layers of cotton flannel, slathering it with castor oil, putting it in the oven, you know, warming it up and then putting it on your body, laying down, wrapping your body with saran wrap, which I didn't like because it's plastic, right? Yeah. And oil. And then laying there for an hour and you were immobile. I mean, that was what I had been recommended and prescribed a castor oil pack since the beginning of my IBS way back when. And I never did it because it was so hard to do, right? I was like, forget about it. I don't have the time. I'm too busy. Not going to try that. It wasn't until, you know, I was really sick and had to take a semester off of school where I finally was like, you know what? There's something to this castor oil pack. I got to do it. So then I, I invented my first go of the castor oil pack. And this is the evolution of it. And it's called the Queen of Thrones packs. How fitting. And uh, it comes in its only little, only little very convenient pack. And it's basically uh, impermeable barrier material. So it's shaped in a figure eight for the infinity sign. Curvy, just like women's bodies. And you basically, all you do is just pour two to four tablespoons of castor oil on it. And you place it on your liver, which is right underneath of your right rib cage. And you tie it to your body. So now you can do your castor oil pack. You can walk around. You can make dinner. You know, some of my patients who have really bad digestion and they see the undigested food particles in their food, in their stools. Yeah. Another, another big question I ask, I always have them do a castor oil pack with their dinner so that at least that meal, their body switches into the relaxed state and then they can really digest and absorb and get all the nourishment from that meal. Because a, a big problem and a, a big thing is this. You know how you were talking about boundaries and I was talking about how the body creates stress from the boundaries being broken. The thing is that the body doesn't know uh, whether it's an emotional stressor, right? Of an emotional boundary, boundary being crossed, or if it's a bad bacteria, which is causing a stress, or if it's a chemical that's causing a stress to the body, it's all stress. And that's why they say stress is the cause of all disease. So the biggest claim to fame of the castor oil pack is that the minute that you put it on your body, what that does is that relaxes your nervous system. And when you relax your nervous system, you open up the gates to heal, no matter what the condition is. And you open up the gates to go to the bathroom well, you open up the gates to get all your detoxification functions working well. And you know, at this point, castor oil, the research is, is starting to really pick up. And we found that castor oil improves the glutathione levels in the body, which you and me know it's hard to get that glutathione high in the, in the body without using incredibly expensive supplements. You know, castor oil will break down the biofilm in the system. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a strong anti-inflammatory. And then these packs are uber relaxing. So they put you into the state where you actually will heal. How amazing, right? We're, we're blessed. And these, these aren't, you know, some new fad that got started. These are, uh, these are so traditional. I mean, they date back to Egyptian times to Hippocrates, the father of medicine, the ancient Chinese medicine practice used it for packs on top of joints. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. Ayurvedic, you know, Indian medical practitioners, they would use the packs for digestive concerns all over the place, you know? So this is, this is legendary, this treatment. And I, my goal is I feel I've been, I've been put on this earth to really make sure that this practice doesn't get lost because it has so many benefits for people if they are dealing with any digestive concern. And that is pretty much everybody because every condition Basically, you can, you can correlate it back down to something going on with the microbiome and something awry with the gut. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for creating that pack. I love it. It's so easy. <laughs> it's 
so easy because yeah. then uh, I've made plenty of castor oil pack and I'm going to get your packs yeah, awesome. for myself and I'm going to recommend them to my patients. Awesome. Yeah. So you covered so much in there, but it, I guess what it all boils down to, your mother was right. So about, about the castor oil, right? <laughs> yeah, right. That yeah. was a thing. That used to be a thing with moms giving kids castor oil. Um, but I it's love it. fallen out of favor, but... There's a reason that these home treatments and home remedies are passed down from generation to generation to generation. Yeah. They work. They work. Yeah. And the thing too is this is that I look at it like this. Castor oil, like, you know, the bean, the castor plant is no, named, is known as the palm of Christ, right? And if you look back to biblical references, castor oil was, Jesus used castor oil to anoint the sick right? It's an anointing oil. So it's a healing oil. And on top of it, when kings and queens, and this is very fitting for the queen of thrones, when kings and queens took their, their throne, they actually anointed them in castor oil, right? And so I always say, own your throne, right? With castor oil, with these different, you know, lifestyle practices. Like to me, these are part of, you know, royal health practices. It's like sleeping, breathing, you know, uh, eating well, drinking well, not alcohol sometimes, but you know, the good stuff, water, right? The right type of water and, you know, taking the right types of supplements, having a good mindset, working on being positive, you know, all those things make up our health practice. And, you know, the old things are all there. They all work, you know, like you can't deny something that has been working for eons and that has, you know, biblical reference and, you know, reference back into the early days of medicine. It, you can't, you can't, you can't make that up, right? Even though there might not be a bazillion studies, but it's because no one makes profit on castor oil, right? It's a relatively inexpensive treatment. But I mean, I've seen patients at the brink of, you know, death where they just, there, nothing was moving in their bowels and doing a castor oil pack was the only thing to help them, you know, have good movement and have flow and relax. And so I just, I, across the board in my practice, every single patient gets a castor oil pack. It's, it's that along with probiotics is one of our number one first prescriptions. Boom. And cause you can do a lot of work just with that. Right. And uh, there's so much benefit to it. I oftentimes recommend castor oil packs always for people with adrenal fatigue. You yeah. can put it right on your adrenals. It works for the liver. It works for inflammation in joints. You can put it over joints. Yeah. It works for so many things. Um, so thank you so much for sharing that. You're welcome. Yeah. And what do you think is most important? So next to the castor oil packs, and the um, probiotics and monitoring your feelings and doing the mindfulness and meditation and calming your nervous system. What are some other techniques and tools that you use with your patients to help them heal their gut? So quality of food is very important. Although we think, you know, uh, I don't need to eat organic, I don't need to do this, but truly these days, Honestly, organic is the way to go because even organic isn't 100% clean, right? Because there is, you know, a bit of chemical residue and, and, and transfer that can occur in the bins. I mean, you know, you can get into nitty gritty. It's not even perfect, but there's a lot less of chemicals. And typically organic food is also not genetically modified. And that makes a huge impact because we've evolved since Paleolithic time to um, be dealing with certain types of foods. And now our food is being genetically changed. So our gut really is even more scared when that food gets into our, into our bodies. And there's even um, say that the different pesticides that are used 
um, actually end up killing off the good bacteria within our guts too. So then how on earth are we able to create a healthy microbiome? So mm -hmm. with food, and this is actually what I talk about in my gut feeling uh, uh, ebook that we're going to give to people and connect them with, is that they can, you re I love paleolithic diets. Um, just simple. I want it to keep, I, I want it to be simple. I don't want it to be completely like you can, oh, you can never ever have grains, but I think the majority of time it's really important to eat a lot of green vegetables, right? Hearty on the vegetables and then lots of healthy, healthy fats. And then a good, a good portion of, of, of meats, you know, that are heart healthy meats. You know, yeah. heart healthy meats to me are foul, um, you know, wild game, uh, a little bit of red beef. I actually don't find uh, red meat as bad as long as it's well sourced. I actually would prefer people to stay away from pork because pork is too close to human tissue. And in the gut, that can actually create a bit of an immunological response mm -hmm. where the, there's a bit of a war. You know, pork takes seven, eight hours to digest, whereas you know, fish will take one to two, uh, fowl will take two to three, beef five to six, and then seven, eight hours for pork. So obviously something's going on. And that's why, you know, when you eat pork, it feels heavy, you know, and it's, and if you look along the different cultures, so many cultures don't eat, don't eat pork at all, right? They, they really decided that it's not a good, healthy food. And there's a reason too close to human tissues. Always a reason. Yeah. There's always a reason, right? Like we may, you know, we, we need to look back to our history because our history really does give us a lot of clues. You know, one of my things this year is that I'm reading the Bible. Um, you know, I'm, I'm born Catholic. Now I would say I believe everything. So I welcome Christianity, Buddhism, all of it. Um, but I'm, I'm eventually going to be reading all of the great texts um, the religious texts of all the cultures, but I'm starting with the Bible because they, within there lies a, a lot of beautiful uh, information about how things were done. And, you know, we might not be able to eat wheat as it was discussed in the Bible because, you know, it's a different world these days, but there's a lot of knowledge in these books and textbooks that has been passed down. And it's, the, it's that information that really is foundational to our healing and our health, which is incredible. And, you know, like eating lots of vegetables, eating good oils, olive oils in the Bible, you know, like this, these things are, we can do them they're not hard they've been done for years so why don't we just start with those things right so that that would be my say is to you know eat good good health lots of vegetables um try to eat minimal grains if you can and then a little bit of good healthy meats and lots of good healthy fats and fats yeah. also will make you beautiful so why wouldn't you want to eat a lot of skin <laughs> moist and supple in your hair and nails um, and so, boy, that's something else that we have in common that I could have a whole conversation with you about. I'm right with you on really all religions say the same thing when you boil them down to their essence. And there's so much to be gained from that. And uh, I, I do find, try to help people find that commonality because when they don't have it, they have more division between them and other people. So you talk about boundaries then they have walls between themselves and other people. And imagine what the, the metaphysical effect is on the gut when you've got walls between yourself and other people and yeah. they create this wall in your gut. Yeah. Um, so helping people really, okay, religion, whatever you want to believe, that just means to bind to, and it's, it's really a way of, my dogs are, want to put in their two cents, <laughs> really a way of just of living and rules to live by. And that's fine. But when you distill it down to the essence, to the spirituality of who you are and all religions say the same thing, 
really medicine and spirituality intersect. Oh yes. And uh, science has proven that connection, yes. that there, there is a connection. And so I talk with people and I love that you mentioned chakras. I teach them about your energy body that is radiates several feet from outside of you and how it's really the framework and scaffolding for your physical body. And your physical body is really just a reflection yes. of what your energetic body is manifesting and how you have to, you know, you need to work with that to heal it because if you have an energetic crimp where really all disease comes from, then you can do all the physical things you want, whether it's probiotics, castor oil packs, you'll never get where you want to be. So that's one of my favorite topics. Um, I did want to touch on something else that you mentioned. So you're talking about the quality of food. So people get so confused about food sensitivities and allergies these days. So let's talk a little bit about that and see if we can give them some clarity around why now do people have so many food sensitivities? What's the difference between a food sensitivity and an allergy? How do I know if I have them? I tried not eating gluten. I didn't feel any better. Does that mean gluten? Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) So let's talk about that and see if we can shed some light. Yeah. So it's really simple. Like in my eyes, I've always found this, it's like food, a food allergy is a proper food allergy, like a peanut allergy. You know, kids can't take peanuts to school. What happens? They get, you know, throat, throat clothes, they get hives all over their body. So that's a true allergen, a true allergy where, you know, it's like, it can be deadly. So you really don't want to be messing with that. So that's a, a proper food allergy. A sensitivity is something that we will eat or will get exposed to. And what happens is the problem is within the dose. If we have had too much of a dose for many people, event, uh, that food sensitivity will become an irritant to them. Now, not all foods that you have too much of will become an irritant. And this is the reason why, to me, it's so important to test your food sensitivities with the IgG, or right? Uh, because that immunoglobulin, because that, what that'll do is that'll show you um, both your exposure sensitivities and your true sensitivities. So once you take away those foods, like say for an example, I'll give you my example. So I was sensitive to broccoli, dairy, rice. It was horrible. Um, uh, almonds. And this is, I had actually gone to five naturopathic doctors before finally one of them tested me. So every time I would do a cleanse, I would be, you know, my gut would be, in trouble. I'd be horrible. I thought I was going to die. I felt worse than anything. And this is before I my becoming a naturopathic doctor. And then eventually I'm like, you know, there's got to be a way to test because I mean, this is horrible. I'm trying all these things, spending a lot of money, nothing's working. I'm feeling worse. So I tested and then I found these foods, right? And I'm Spanish. And, you know, back in the day, a cleansed diet included almonds, rice, broccoli, kale, you know, all my food sensitivities. So it was, I was doomed right from the beginning. And it's why I got into such, so interested in detoxification medicine. So with taking away those foods for a period of a year, I realized that I actually wasn't sensitive to those foods. I was truly sensitive to dairy because that stayed sensitive, even with my avoiding it. But I wasn't truly sensitive to rice or broccoli or kale or almonds. I just was overexposing myself to them. And because of that, I created an issue. So that's a sensitivity. And if you have 
a lot of stress in your system and you constantly have this leaky gut, what ends up happening is you end up becoming stressed to a lot of different foods. And that's why it's important to really, you know, try to calm yourself down, do a castor oil pack before dinner, before a big meal, you know, do something so that you're calm when you're eating so that at least not all the foods are going out into the body. Then we have a food intolerance. And the food intolerance is basically that you're missing a digestive enzyme, whether it be, you know, lack lactose to be able to break down, you know, uh, lactose, the, the molecule in the dairy milk, right? So you're, you're deficient in an enzyme to break down a certain food. And that usually is, is treatable because you just need to make sure that you find the right enzyme that you're missing, and then you give that to the body. So those, those are the three that are super important, a true allergen, a true sensitivity, and then an intolerance. But we tend to deal a lot with sensitivities because they tend to create a lot of inflammation and low-grade irritation to the body that will really upset a gut and really upset overall well-being, right? So that's, that's the, the breakdown for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think we can't talk about this enough because there is so much confusion out there. Uh, and I never once heard a patient say, everything I need to know about my health, I learned on the internet. It doesn't happen because... no. Out of information, but there isn't the wisdom that you and I have that we can impart with patients when we work with them one-on-one -on -one or in groups or in a forum like this, where it's doctor to doctor and this is the gospel, what we're telling you. Different ways you can find out if you have a sensitivity to a food. There are blood tests that can be done. They can check for IgG. Sometimes they'll add a complement, what's called a complement fixation with it to okay. increase the sensitivity and specificity, meaning the accuracy. Okay. Or I also like the ALCAT test, which is a cell mediated test that looks at the mast cells. Do they degranulate in response to a sensitivity? So different practitioners have different tests that they like to work with but it can be tested for. And sometimes what I want everyone, like everyone to understand is that they'll say, well, I stopped eating gluten for a month and I didn't feel any different. Well, that could be because you're not only sensitive to gluten, That's right. you're most likely sensitive to many foods. And if you're eating those other foods, you're still going to have symptoms because the gluten sensitivity is what we call it's masked. Yeah. You can't tell that you have it until you get rid of all the foods you're sensitive to. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, like dairy and wheat have become the big, you know, black sheep of the food, yeah. food world and, and soy too, right? It's like, oh, and nuts as well, right? Oh, they're the bad. But you know, you have to test. It's the only way to know. You can do an elimination diet, but that becomes very frustrating and tedious. But if you test... I always say to patients, you know, invest in yourself up front and really, you know, do the right things right away. Or, or you like, look at me, I had gone to multiple naturopathic practitioners, multiple doctors, you know, all highly skilled, I would recommend them in a heartbeat. But you know, they didn't ask me if I wanted to test and I would have more than happily had paid hundreds of dollars for that test, rather than feel the way that I felt. And, you know, so we just have to test. And I mean, that's us, like, you test as much as I do, I'm, I'm, I'm certain. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, when I did a food sensitivity test, it changed my life yeah. down. It was one of the most important tests I did because like you, I was severely sensitive to almonds, cauliflower, yeah. peaches, blueberries. I mean, things that I would have had no idea That's right. along with gluten, dairy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Eliminated all those things. My health just transformed. So I, I'm a firm believer in testing if possible. Great. 
Yeah, agree. Yeah, I do want to touch on SIBO because people hear a lot about that and there's a lot of confusion. So can you help people understand, well, what is SIBO? How would I I know if I have it? Do I need to be tested for it? How do I test for it? Sure. Yeah. So SIBO, see the way that I look at SIBO in practice is that to me, the gut microbiome is the gut microbiome is the gut microbiome, right? So they call it small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which is like the acronym for SIBO. Um, but to me, in reality is that you're going to treat all of it the same way. You're going to be doing castor oil packs. You're going to be doing colon hydrotherapy. You're going to reset the gut microbiome. In SIBO, the one thing is that they may recommend that you do a series of, of antibiotics. Now, this in, in my, in my um, licensing state, um, we, uh, we don't prescribe antibiotics, so we tend not to use it for our SIBO patients. But the, what we do do is we just change the diet and we do that for a long, long period of time for over a year to reset the gut. There's yeah. a hydrogen breath test that can be done for SIBO. Um, you know, there's all, also many different school, stool cultures that you can do and try um, to test out. But the way that I look at it is that the gut is, the gut is sick and the gut needs to reset its gut bugs. And it's as simple as that. And you know what? It's not overnight. This takes years. I, people expect a miracle within a couple of months. It will never happen. Uh, unfortunately, or fortunately for us, um, it is something that requires time and dedication and diligence to reset your gut because it really is the most important center of our body. Mm. And, you know, it's like a temple. It's not made in a day. The Egyptian pyramids weren't made in a day. It takes time to build greatness. And, and the most important part that we can build great in our bodies is our guts, right? So that's, that's going to take time and it'll take a year of diligence on your diet, you know, following your food sensitivities, you know, doing practices that cleanse the gut, you know, castor oil packs daily, if possible, would be the ideal. And, you know, working on your stress, working on meditation, working on connecting your, yourself and your energy centers, right? So that your, your body and your health as well. So I try to not over-focus on the diagnosis just because, I know people love labels, um, but to me, you know, SIBO is no different than an irritable bowel syndrome patient or, you know, it's, they might have symptoms that are different, but it, bottom line, it's all going down to that gut microbiome that is off, you know, and that we need to fix. And I love that you said it's no different than irritable bowel and it's no different than a Crohn's diagnosis right. or colitis diagnosis right. or um, gastritis diagnosis or any of these other things, the gastrointestinal tract functions as a living organism as a whole. Yeah. Just like you're a living organism, you can't slam your, your finger with a hammer and no. then have it not affect your toe. So yeah. all of the same. And I, and I like that. So I, I kind of like some labels because they do yes. help people communicate more effectively about and oh, we're talking about the same thing. Yes. Um, but most labels in mainstream medicine are really just symptom diagnoses. They right. don't really say what the cause is. And so well, what Dr. Marisol and I are talking about is getting to the root cause of it. That's right. That's right. And one thing I did want to tell people about SIBO is that this is where you can kind of get in trouble when you look at Dr. Google and you treat yourself. Because if you decide, oh, I've had antibiotics, I don't have enough good bacteria, all I need is some probiotics. Yeah. And you just start loading up with probiotics and you know more is better for a lot of us. Yeah. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
you're loading up with probiotics. If you have SIBO, you already have too many, you're just making the problem worse. And I have seen people do that. And then we do the stool functional stool testing and your scores are way up here. So this is why it's helpful to work with a licensed trained practitioner who knows about these things, who's trained in naturopathic medicine or trained in functional medicine like I am. So, and get a, you know, methane hydrogen breath test. So you can kind of see what's going on or a functional stool test. So, oh my gosh, I could talk to you for hours hours because this is the, my favorite kind of scatological conversation. Scatological, you got it, girl. (laughs) With the queen of poop. Uh, But time is limited and people can get a lot more information on your website, Dr. Marisol.com. They can go there and download your gut feelings ebook, and we will put a link in the show notes to go there directly and download it. And you'll get the three secrets to transform your gut from I feel off to I feel good, your blueprint for gut health. And you'll also see the roots of the toots, loaded, loaded, and exploded, mind your gut. And I know you can't resist to go there and read about these things right now. And also on her website, we'll put the link to the Legends of the Throne infographic about your poo, where you can grab your free analysis and see what your poo says about you. And I know you want to know that. I know you check everybody listening and watching. (laughs) You can't tell me that you don't look in the toilet after you go to the bathroom, right? It's just, it's human nature. That's what we do. (laughs) But wouldn't it be nice to to be educated and know what you're looking for well dr marisol the queen of thrones can she can show you that so uh, thank you so much i have to ask you because i ask all my guests this the podcast is called her brilliant health how do you define her brilliant health i define her brilliant health with someone who honors and lives within their grace and their guts feel good and they are owning their throne in life. That's my, that's brilliant to me. I love that. They are owning their throne in life. So everybody listening, go own your throne. Thank you (laughs) so much for what the work that you do in the world, for sharing yourself and your knowledge and your beautiful, wonderful, loving spirit with us and uh, many many blessings thank you so much thank you you too dr karen (laughs) anytime we'll talk again (laughs) thank you for joining me for this episode of her brilliant health radio hopefully you are inspired to take action on some new information you received today a step towards the bountiful blissful beautiful vitality that you deserve If you have health topics and questions you'd like addressed, please message me on my Facebook page or visit KieranDunstonMD.com and let me know. I'd love to help. Remember to share this podcast on social media and send it to your friends and family who could benefit from it too. If you love the show, please go right now to iTunes, write a review, and make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you'll be the first to know when future episodes are available. Thank you again for joining me. And remember, achieving optimal health isn't magic, it's science.